98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Big League Blast. For better and for worse, the Cardinals never seem to do what you expect of them. Assume great intensity for a playoff game in Los Angeles, and you get a cowardly team of sheep that couldn't wait to get home. Assume they're easy prey for a team like the Eagles, and they stand toe-to-toe for most of the game. Their defense is short on talent and high on overachievers, while the offense is flush with talent and short on results. They can't win at home. They rarely lose on the road, and none of it makes any sense. And after five weeks, the only way this team is truly professional is in their defiance. Their defiance to be good and their defiance to stink out loud. So what will it be on Sunday? Folks, we're entering a pivotal week for this football team and not just because the new Call of Duty is coming out later this month. It's because the Cardinals play two games in the span of five days and welcome back one of the best wide receivers in football. So, they could be 4-3 and three entering a 10-day break, which would be fortuitous and incredible given how bad they've been for most of the season. Or they could be 2-5, and five, looking like a franchise that desperately needs a new culture and new leaders at the top, even with those pesky contract extensions currently enjoyed by the head coach and GM. Or they could win one and lose one, continuing this crazy teeter-totter of a season and a program. And you know what? But I think the yo-yo option is the one I like least of all. All right, today's Bitly Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW. Make luxury affordable with two great locations. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. I think it's important just they know how much we appreciate them. I mean, win, lose, or draw, they're putting it on the line for us. And it was a physical game. It was a hard-fought game, and losing in that um, nature was tough. But I was just really proud of the effort. Um, a lot of those old linemen were banged up and, and powered through. So just wanted to make sure they knew we appreciated them. That was Cliff Kingsbury earlier this week talking about the importance of having having post-game conversations after tough losses with his team. And some of the things that he mentioned in that soundbite, Vic, are still very much in play this week. The Mm -hmm. banged-up offensive line uh, obviously changes at the running back position with Eno Benjamin becoming your feature back and Keontae Ingram, who's not put on a uniform yet this year and has been on the practice squad. Not by any fault of his own. It's a crowded position, let's be honest. But uh, he's going to get a crack at the backup running back spot. Uh, this is a big week for the for the Arizona Cardinals, not just yeah. for the individuals that I just mentioned, mm-hmm. but uh, as a team, it if they get to three and three um, through everything that they've dealt with from injury standpoint, the J.J. Watt story, the inavailability of DeAndre Hopkins due to suspension, the slow starts, the losing at home, all of those things that you mentioned in the blast, it would have to be a major victory for the psyche of that football team to, to come back home yeah. for Thursday night football three I agree. Three. Now it's not going to be easy. Yeah. No, I agree. And that's that's why I think this is a very pivotal stretch because if you lose this game and you're 2 and 4 and you're facing this quick turnaround and you've got a Thursday night football game, you've seen how bad these teams look. How do you think the Cardinals offense would look at home on a short week? How bad could oh, that be, gosh. right? Given on what we've seen from this team at home so far. Uh, on the flip side, there's a great opportunity here because if you do win both of these games somehow, some way, and you are favored on Sunday to win, you could be above five hundred looking at a ten day break and then it's then you've got you've got a launching pad. You've got a lot of ways you can spin this. Now 
You go back to what Cliff Kingsbury had to say. Part of that post-game locker room scene uh, involved Justin Pugh admonishing the media for waiting around for the kicker. Now, I, I, again, I, we, I think we all agree that, that Justin Pugh wasn't – it was more theatrical and it was really not about defending a kicker from this from this vitriolic, vicious media in Arizona. Because uh, Justin, <laughs> Justin Pugh has played in New York, for goodness sakes. <laughs> I mean, you don't you don't think he knows what tough media is all about? I'm glad I, I'm, I'm surprised you got vitriolic and uh, vicious uh, out of your mouth without cracking. <laughs> the Phoenix sports media doesn't exactly have no, the national reputation no, of being no, all that tough. Not no, no, not at all. And so that that kind of stuff just really makes me roll my eyes. And, and the sports teams here should really know how easy they have it. Comparatively speaking, do you want and to say that one more time, Dan? The sports teams here should really recognize how easy they have it. Comparatively speaking, uh, it, and there, no one can argue me with me on that. Uh, so, so there's all that. So, what Justin Pugh was saying, or should have been saying. Or in in most cases, players like him, what they are saying is, get that negativity out of here. We don't want it. We don't need it. We are just fine. That's generally, when Justin Pugh did what he did, that's generally why players like that do what Justin Pugh did. Okay, Arizona Cardinals, you have got a chance to get the negativity out of the room. You guys do. Put two games, put two good games together. Get out of this this Thursday night football with a four and three record, and there there will not be negativity. There will be talks of fresh starts. There will be talks of opportunity. How they weathered the storm. The NFC ain't that great. I mean, we've we've covered this in depth. Mm-hmm. You got the 49ers at the top. You got the Cowboys. You got the Eagles. You got the Buccaneers. You got the Packers. None of them look great. They all have the ability to be great, and they all have the recent pedigree to turn things around. Mm-hmm. But to this point, you're right; none of them look great. Yeah. So, so to me, this is uh, this is something that it starts now with with playing that kind of game against the Seahawks. You can win this game. Uh, odds makers think you should win this game. Uh, you're down to 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 you know you're down to. You're down to reserves and extras when it comes to your running back crew, but you've got talent there. This this should be an opportunity they can seize. And if you win the game, mission accomplished. You were three and three without Hopkins. Yeah, you did what you sort of kind of set out to do. You got through it, and it's a new season. Everybody would have signed up for that. Nobody would have signed up for what we've witnessed, but everybody would have signed up for that end result. But the flip side, the gap between three and three, and one and one in the division as opposed to being oh and two in the division that could have the absolute reverse effect mm-hmm. i mean if they come out of this because cliff kingsbury talked about this week too it's a division game you want to you, you want to even things up in the division those are important games they've already dropped one in what was a very lackluster performance against the rams they can't afford another one no because they still haven't even played the best yeah. team in the division yet and that's the san francisco 49 how about it how about it now how about the fact that you're going to get those two games are going to be quite something because that's that's you know that's a big time defense over there. It is, but that is a team that yeah, Cliff but, Kingsbury has had success against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and a, a team whose whose offense can't be relied upon to to always produce. So, you know, this is this is one as we said earlier in the show. There's there's cracks and fissures and signs of stress all over the NFL. 
the Cardinals are kind of in that window right now. Mm-hmm. Arizona goes prime time next week as the Phoenix Suns tip off their season. Wednesday against the Mavericks, and then the Arizona Cardinals take on the New Orleans Saints for Thursday night football. We want you to go prime time, too. We're giving you the chance to experience both games in person. Just text prime time to 620-620. Listen for your name starting next Monday for your chance to win two tickets to both games, plus one lucky winner each day will win their choice of a Devin Booker jersey or a DeAndre Hopkins jersey. Once again, how do you get entered? Primetime. Text that to 620-620. Coming up next, we're still weeks away from the debut of the Cardinals on Hard Knocks, but if you want a teaser, ooh, we got one for you. We'll get into that and more next. Bickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Okay. Oh. What's wrong? What happened? Hit your hands? Oh yeah. Nope. That's that's your job description. That's gonna be tough, you know. Okay. It's fine. Is it Wednesday or is it Sunday? Be pissed about it. Stay after. Catch a few extra balls, and then catch you on Sunday. Yeah. You know how many times I've been knocked on my ass in my career? You get back up and you go out there and you catch the next one. That is a JJ Watt and a Rondell Moore little teaser that was released by HBO yeah. Sports for the upcoming in-season edition of Hard Knocks. <clears throat> and if you're wondering like who's going to be featured prominently, uh-huh. I, I think you can check the J.J. <laughs> Watt box. You think? I think you can. You think? Yeah. Well, I don't understand. Athlete, about, which is athletes, great. There are athletes who are good on camera. There are athletes who find the camera. And there are athletes who are both. And J.J. Watt is the latter. Yes. What we, I don't understand about the teasers we've been seeing, like what, what is this going to feature, this Hard Knocks? Because this is all stuff happening now. Right. It, that's right. That's the, are they just doing. filming like B-roll stuff? Yes. And then the stuff we, we're going to see is going to be well, in real or, time, or maybe essentially? You, or maybe you will see. Yeah, I, I don't think they put any of this stuff together yet. They're still reporting no, it, if are, you will. There is cam- there's NFL Films, HBO people there at the facility capturing the moments just for this purpose. Just to be able to promote what's coming up. And you know what? Mm. It's working. <laughs> um, yeah, J.J. Watt's going to be a big part of it. And, yeah. and again, I've got no problem with it because you hit the nail on the head. There are guys that you know gravitate towards the camera, and once they get there, you're like, eh. J.J. Eh. Watt is about as compelling as it gets as, he's a, about as a figure. And media savvy. He's, yes. he's a great combination of media savvy and, and compelling content. He's, he, he's really, really good at, at that. And it's part of the reason why he's a, you know, he's a transcendent superstar. We, we live in a cynical world, though. So when I saw this released on Twitter, yeah. you know, you know me, I'm going to read the comments or the, the responses to it. Mm-hmm. And not all of them, but there was a good portion of them that are like, oh, this is so staged. This is scripted, blah, blah, blah. Scripted, really? They're going to take time out of practice to, to, to follow some sort of script just no. to, to appease? Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's he was too scripted. out of breath to remember it's lines. Not, it's not scripted, but J.J. Watt, he's aware of what's going on. He's If that crew's out there filming practice, he's one of the guys that absolutely knows it and is going to be on his game and is going to um, 
show out really well, and he, like he did there. That's a that's a good bit of leadership right there. It's it's one of those no duck kind of moments, but you know, coming from the mouth of J.J. Watt, that's uh, I thought I thought that's a, a great little display of leadership. It was also a yeah, beautiful way for a veteran because he starts it off with the the ribbing him, the yeah, joke, right. like oh man, well, that's, that's your job description. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, it hits you in the hands. Yeah, that's an issue. And then he like does the <laughs> fatherly right. thing of like uh-huh. sort of like no no it's all right. It's right. The only okay. thing that was Don't really missing it. was at the very end. JJ reaches into his pocket and says, "Here, have a lifesaver." The only thing yeah. that surprised me is he said it was a Wednesday. I didn't think that the veterans played on Wednesday well, for the Cardinals. Whoa, great point. We don't know which Wednesday that was. I mean, I mean JJ Watt, it feels like, has not been out there on most Wednesdays. Really do but Wednesdays, yeah. I mean, Rondale Moore missed a dun- bunch of time, too, so maybe, it's got to be pretty. pretty maybe recent. it's all trolling. Maybe they actually are practicing and they just put out there that they're not. <laughs> maybe that was on maybe, a soundstage. Just an NFL team maybe, would yeah. fudge on an injury report, big. The other way around. They might, they might be saying these guys didn't practice when indeed they did. No, I am ready to hire J.J. Watt as my therapist, though, after seeing that clip. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's good, just relational leadership. Yeah. Is what it is, yes. you know, and that's that's cool. I mean, defensive leader to young offensive player. I and listen. People are very cynical. There are people who are like, well, I don't like that advice. If you should p- perform on Wednesday the same way you do on Sunday, I, okay. No. <laughs> or how about like, why, would Randall Moore really be that upset? This part of his career of dropping a pass in practice? I think he'd be more upset that you called him Randall. (laughs) Randall Moore. Randall Mauer. Right. Rondo Moore. Yeah, and he's not that either. Uh, He's he's a different guy. When when he interacts with the media, he's very short. He keeps his answers very, very brief. Yes. And he knows there are high expectations on him this year. Uh Uh-huh. Uh huh. So he's. I think he's got a different kind of personality. Listen, there are athletes like that. There are athletes who are extremely self-critical. And, and you you do have to talk them off a ledge. Well, that saying that's one of the sayings that bugs me is when people say, "Well, I'm my own worst critic." Who amongst us is not their own worst critic? If you're not, you're a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I know what you're saying. There might be something to it. Stevie. I mean, you still could be your own worst critic and be a psychopath. Both I, can be true. I feel like uh, I have lots of other critics that are worse than me. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 Jared, I, you're probably the example the, that you're no, not your own worst critic. I, I, I think I can decide with Jared on this because I think, I think all of us kind of have our, our own like esteem protection guardrails where we also know – nobody knows our weaknesses better than ourselves, but we also believe that we are fundamentally decent or have strengths that other people might not recognize. I, I, I think that the, I think it's really a, a cliche. The idea that I'm my own worst critic. No. Well, here's the other I, thing. Pro- you probably not. Maybe you are, but it's hard. you could be really hard on yourself and be a, your own worst critic. But then also, you could also you know, sort of like recoil from other people criticizing you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, if you're your own worst critic, it's probably in moments that truly matter, right? Yeah. But when it's people like Jarrett Carlin's Twitter mentions, Dan Bickley's Twitter mentions, people are coming at you for any little thing, no matter how insignificant. Yeah. Those are your worst critics. I'll pull back the curtain, though. Yeah. On this show, Dan Bickley is J.J. Watt. I can't tell you how many times. We've we finished up a segment, and I'll be like, ah, I sucked in that segment. No, you didn't. You're awesome. 
We're doing great. Aww. You are the JJ Watt. Thank you, man. I don't know, know if it's without the talent. I don't know if it's genuine. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, but it works. I don't remember. I don't remember JJ Watt saying things like, "Jared, don't laugh at me. Like you don't make mistakes. No, 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 you moron. moron. <laughs> you moron." No, it, I, I think it. I think it does apply to Vinny. I do think Vinny is probably his oh. worst critic. I think. I think and what that Jared does said, apply to Vinny. I recoil at other people's criticism yeah. of me. Yeah. Where if I said the same thing, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm an idiot." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we talk, it's different when it comes from other people. Yeah, but we talked Long about this. Long story short, I am a mess. You were raised <laughs> yes. with four sisters, brother. Oh yeah. You ever see Punch Drunk Love? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. The four sisters that. Um, so, but it, we've talked about this in like uh, the other co- sort of a different context with Tom Brady and the drive that these great athletes have, and how to, like, they're so focused on one thing and they're so in their head that they sometimes have to like mm-hmm. be so hard on themselves and so focused. That's true. It, it's a fascinating <laughs> yeah. topic. But it is great to have J.J. Watt on the yeah, team. Yeah, listen, and again, this you think about how good hard knocks will be if the Cardinals can get out ahead of this season, if they can actually find a lane. I said this earlier. I, I, I like football teams that know they're really good. You're going to get guys on the team that start squawking. They might say something inappropriate, something braggadocious, something that might be bulletin board material for the opponents, but they don't care. Because you know you're good. Cardinals the Suns are, last year. Yeah, right. Yes. Until the playoffs. The Cardinals yeah. are so buttoned up, and and maybe it's because they haven't. They don't have an identity. They don't have that foundation of something that they know is indestructible or think mm-hmm. is indestructible. If this team could get out ahead of this season, it could dovetail into really. Because you think about it. I mean, just from the from the the you know the star power of Kyler Murray. To just everything, J.J. Watt, to all this kind of stuff. it's It could make for a, a really good hard knocks, a real good coming out party. But if this team, like I said, if, they're, if, they, if they are circling the drain, it might get a little bit wonky. It would still, I, I, I think, circling the drain or imploding in real time right. would be just, fascinating television yeah. as well. That, yeah, it yeah. would be. Like we saw last year with the Colts. Coming up next, uh, one of the standouts of the Suns preseason will join us. We will talk to Dwayne Washington All Jr. Right. next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Live from the Auction Community Studios here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Uh, a lot of focus on football, but next week, focus on basketball. Suns open up their season Wednesday against the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, here joining us from the Phoenix Suns, guard Dwayne Washington Jr. checks in on the Arizona Sports Line. Dwayne, thanks for joining us this morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Um, we've talked so much about you know this team as it's currently constructed. There's a lot of guys that have been here for a while. This core is the same. So I'm wondering what your experience has been like early on coming from, from Indiana last year and, and blending in with this group. How has that acclimation gone for you? Yeah, man, it's been, it's been a blessing. Um, you know, just when I was friends with Tory Craig on the Pacers. I grew up, uh, you know, knowing Colin Devin Booker, my big brother, and um, I had just been looking up to Chris Paul for a while. So being able to, you know, dive into these relationships has been a blessing. And um, for me, I'm just trying to fit in and, uh, you know, be a, be a, be a guy that can, they can be close with everybody. And, you know, that's what I pride myself on being a good communicator, um, being a good person, man, just being outgoing and friendly. So, 
Um, building these relationships, man, has, has been great. And, you know, the, the connection and chemistries will only get better as we continue on in the season. All right, let's talk about that preseason finale because you filled up the box score, man. You had 31 points. You got to the line for 11 free throws. You barely missed a game winner. We all know preseason basketball doesn't mean a whole lot. I'm guessing it, this meant a lot to you. Was this a statement from your behalf? Was was this sort of uh, a coming out party, if you will? <laughs> Yeah, man, I just got a, um, I got a great opportunity to, you know, start, you know, the last preseason game and, um, definitely just wanted to let everybody know, you know, what, what I can do and, um, you know, my abilities still wasn't, um, you know, 31 points, but had 11 turnovers. So we got to, got to get in the gym and, and got to go watch some film and understand what we did wrong and how we can correct some of those. And, you know, all those are correctable. So, you know, just, just continuing to learn from Hall of Fame, Chris Paul, from, you know, all-star Devin Booker, you know, future Hall of Famer, just, you know, those guys are in my ear, they're in my corner, and they're helping me out every single day, and um, I'm just soaking up all the information like a sponge, and, um, you know, the other night was a good showing of what, you know, my potential has, and I just want to uh, be able to, you know, be me and, and, and do what, do, be the best I can be uh, at all times, so uh, just my teammates and coaches have been helping me out tremendously, and I uh, just don't keep pushing forward. Excited for uh, the opener. Dwayne Washington Jr. of the Suns, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Going going back to that uh, preseason finale, um, you know, you guys only had 10 players available, so you played a ton of minutes. You played a ton of minutes at the point. How much experience do you have at, at playing point guard in your career? Yeah, so uh, I've, been, I've played the one, you know, all AAU, all uh, high school, um, got to college. Um, kind of got off the ball a little bit, still still was a playmaker and still played with the ball in my hands. But, um, you know, <clears throat> this is the first time in the NBA I've played the actual point guard. So, um, you know, it, it's super challenging, but, you know, I love a challenge. That's that's what makes me great. And um, I never back down, never shy down. So I'm just going to continue to put the work in, continue to grind, and continue to keep getting better, man. That's that's the plan. And, um, you know, it manifests what you want to have done. So, so for me, just going to keep getting better keep taking big strides and um, we'll see where it takes us. Well, you, and you mentioned Chris Paul earlier and, and if, if you're, you're reacclimating yourself to playing the point guard position in the NBA, I, I take it there's probably nobody better to learn from. And you said Chris has been in your ear. What, what are some of the things that he's kind of uh, tried to, to hammer home for you in, in playing the point at this level? Uh, he's just telling me, man, be patient. Um, you know, you, you know, the point guard is responsible for a lot of things on the floor, literally everybody, and, you know, just the control of the game, the pace of the game, you get to make the decisions. And um, with that kind of power comes great responsibility. You have to be able to, to you know, um, connect, uh, direct, and, and lead your team in the, in the right directions for a win. Um, so for me, I'm just, you know, like I said, learning everything, soaking everything up like a sponge. And, um, you know, it's been a blessing, like I said. And it's, it's I've only been here two weeks uh, officially as far as, like, practice and stuff going. So um, it, it, these two weeks have been great, and I can't wait, like, for the, for the season to actually get off started and to just to keep learning, like I keep saying. I know it might sound repetitive, but um, that's where I'm at right now in the stage of my career. I just want to learn, 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 and keep applying what I'm learning from, from these greats. So um, can't wait. You're one of the uh, youngest players on the roster, if not the youngest, yet everybody seems to uh, to talk about your fearlessness. How do you incorporate that into your game while also listening and, and, and being respectful of others? How do you where do, where do you draw on that to get that kind of fearless approach? Yeah, so it's, it's 
for me, it's always been uh, like this. I, I, I you know, I, I trust myself. I trust my work, and and I believe in myself in the highest ability. Um, I always have, and um, that comes with uh, work in the gym. That comes with um, watching film. It comes with just you know being confident and, and you know having a little swagger about you. And um, you know, I, I like I said, I just believe in myself in the highest ability, man. And that comes with uh, lots of hours in the gym that I put in. That that I trust my work and. Um, you know, I, if I was talking to anybody out there listening, just trust your work, man. That That's where the confidence comes from. Um, I still got a whole bunch to learn, um, still still continuing to grow and, and stuff like that. But as far as my confidence, uh, it's unwavering. And, um, you know, I, I live by that and um, have to learn how to tone it down uh, uh, every once in a while. But other than that, um, still learning, still getting better and, and, and still uh, still striving for greatness. So. Dwayne Washington Jr. of the Suns, our guest here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Uh, you mentioned your connection with, with Book uh, as, you know, two guys, uh, Grand Rapids guys, and three years difference in age, but you referred to him as your big brother. When you think back to those days, Dwayne, is there any uh, Devin Booker advice that stands out to you from, from when you were both youngsters pre-NBA? Yeah, for sure. He... Um... You know, he's one of the dudes that I looked up to as far as, you know, being confident in yourself. Um, you know, as we all know, Book is not uh, 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 quiet or, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a dude. And, um, you know, me just growing up watching from a distance, you know, he got to play in college a couple years before me, you know, playing in the NBA a couple years before me. So um, me just being able to watch and reach out and talk to him, he just would, don't compare yourself to others. Don't. Everybody's journey is different. Everybody looks different. Everybody... You know, it's not the same. We're all like snowflakes, and you know that's what I got from from him. And um, you know, him just telling, keep believing in yourself. Like you know, you manifest what's going to happen. You know, you know I, we talked about playing on the same team. We talked about playing against each other in the NBA. So you know, all that stuff is now coming into fruition, and it's just you know, the the world feels like it's coming together, and everything just feels right. So wow. um, you know, it's a big time, big time. Uh, year we got come in and super super excited for 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 the season man can't wait you know a lot of pro athletes they they need more than up op- an opportunity they need the right opportunity and your skill set seems to kind of dovetail into exactly what this basketball team might need going forward how do you look at this opportunity as as in context of how it suits your your skills and what you bring to a basketball court yeah this is this is a blessing um like I said, I, I, I'm continuing to learn from Coach Monty, from the whole coaching staff, just on you know what we do here as, as Phoenix Suns, and, and you know every single um, detail and how disciplined you have to be to, to, to be a part of this, and um, you know to, to, to be somebody who can really help and you know be a, be an important factor on the team. So for me, I'm just it's a blessing. Like you know, it's the best job in the world we got here um, playing in the NBA, and, and for me to be with you know my big bro and. You know, in, in an amazing city like Phoenix, and just getting the opportunity to go out there every night, lace them up, is is is, is a super blessing, man. I, I will never uh, take it for granted, and um, I'm gonna leave it all out there every time I get on the floor. And um, like I keep saying, man, can't wait for the season, and we're just gonna keep pushing, keep pushing, keep working, and keep getting better. Dwayne Washington Jr. of the Suns, our guest. Before we let you go, I was reading up on you and uh, your, your uh, high school career ended up at, at Sierra Canyon in California after your Grand Rapids days. And Sierra Canyon has become a basketball factory. Not many guys can say, though, Dwayne, that they've played on a team that uh, their high school team had four NBA players on it. Man, how, how good were you guys as, in your senior year? 
<laughs> yeah, we were we were pretty dominant, man. We um me, Cassius Stanley, Scotty Pippen Jr. and and, and Kenyon Martin Jr. Um, we were pretty pretty dominant, I will say. We we just were some young dudes, athletic, trying to win a championship, man, and we got the job done uh, on my birthday that year, and, and that was a special year as well. So um, it's a blessing, like I said, man. We we always talked about it, how we always wanted to be. You know, in the league together, and we wanted to, you know, take cool pictures and jersey swaps and do the whole stuff. So, you know, that opportunity is now. You know, it's it's real life. So we just, you know, so thankful and uh, for for our peers and our, our coaches, our, our people that helped us get here, man. And um, like I like I try to tell them as well, we never take this opportunity for granted, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll see each other at the top for for a long time. So, always a blessing, man. Dwayne, it was great to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Yeah, Glad you're here and looking forward to what this uh, what this team looks like on uh, Wednesday night and beyond. Yes. Thank you guys so much, and hope you guys have a great rest of your uh, your week. Thank, Thank you, Dwayne. you, too. Dwayne Washington, Jr., Phoenix Suns guard, joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, it was good dude. Good, good dude, dude. And, and a good basketball player, too, and he showed that, uh, you know, I think in the Denver we'll game, out. Yeah. but also in that game against Sacramento. Came up short on that game winner, but he was uh, he was a, a, a handful for Sacramento to deal with. Who would have thought a guy on a two-way contract could possibly fill a void? We'll see when the real games, you know, my belief on this, but, yeah, it, that certainly been eye-opening. Yep. Uh, coming up next, Thursday Night Football, once again, was a mess for a number of reasons. We'll get into some of those reasons next. Pickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. the snap and it's a quarterback draw up the middle at the 30 at the 25 and Murray slides to the 24 23 seconds left Murray under center spikes it boy going back to that you wish Kyler Murray may not have actually slid on that right he would have gotten the first right? down yes or slide later another yeah, yard totally I think at that point in time man you gotta move the sticks or get up there and don't spike it on third and one run a play there's a destination on a second down call. Any hesitation could decide it all. Run down the middle and don't you stall. Ten yards later, you can start to fall. It's a QB sneak. You have to be running to the first down and spike the ball. Don't start to slide till you pass the line. Till you pass the line. Know where it's at. Run to the first down and spike the ball. Know where it's at. Run to the first down and spike the ball. Know where it's at. Run to the first down and spike the ball. Know where it's at. Run to the first down and spike the ball. He missed the kick. I think I'm going to be sick. That was a real bad beat. After a play, um, everybody's screaming clock, you know, in my ear. So, assuming, yeah, I had the first down. All right. Not bad, Jared. 
Not know bad. where it's at. <laughs> yeah. Not bad, but I don't know good. where the first line. Reliving the uh, reliving the pain of last week's loss yeah. and the not knowing where the first down line is at. Who I really thought song? Matt Amendola might have been the subject of this week's Cardinal song because you got a limited time to get him into a song, Jarrett. Oh, oh I don't know about that. <laughs> lo, 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 lo. There you go. There you go. Next week, the Kinks. Oh, such a good song. Starring uh, Sarah Cazell. Yes. Huh. Sarah uh, Kingsell. <laughs> Jared channeling his inner Beck there. Um, yeah, so Payne last week. The Cardinals are on Thursday night football next week. Uh, and not that there's any pressure on the Cardinals and the Saints, but my goodness, there is pressure for that, those two teams to actually step up and deliver. Mm-hmm. But I think this might actually become the norm on Thursday night football, Bick. And the Cardinals might get sucked into it, too. You know, they are... It was the stereotype for a long time. It, it, it was, was, but, you know, and people talk about it. It has an effect. The, the recovery you just don't have. The Cardinals are treating this week, looking forward to next week, already scaling back their practice habits and their routines to get ready for that. That's how daunting a task it is yeah. to, to show up and perform well on a Thursday night Without after playing on Sunday. Especially for an offense that slow starts with full rest and full preparation for a game. But again, as I said in the blast, everything you expect from the football team, they seem to defy those expectations and do the exact opposite. So, I, I listen, I, I do think that in the context of what we saw last night, you, you have to look at the incoming Thursday night football and group these two games together. This game in Seattle yeah. and that game at home on Thursday night football two games in five days it's a huge swing time for this team it is and my first reaction when the headlines came out on wednesday they're like oh the cardinals didn't even practice they just had a walkthrough you're like oh man this team don't they, they don't do anything and then you're like it's actually really smart you, you can't you, you can't you know subject the players to <laughs> yeah. that much in terms of a regular practice on these short weeks it's just one of the things that makes Thursday night football horrible, um, but again, I you've got to be able to rep a game plan in your head without practicing. Yes, and the, and the dilemma of Thursday night football is that the old guys they have the intellect and the experience to do it, but their bodies fail them, and the young guys don't have the wisdom and the experience to conceptualize it intellectually. But they've got young bodies and legs that, and can handle it, and but you it, just get this weird mishmash of players and preparation and stuff. And stop rubbing your eyes, Jared. <laughs> You that this. was my forehead. Oh, stop, stop rubbing, rubbing that your too. forehead, okay. Jared. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah, there is that, and but this is again, this is two consecutive garbage weeks of Thursday night football, coinciding with the Amazon Initiative. It, yes, which is uh, very unfortunate for them. Uh huh. Um, but. It, you know, it's one of those things now, two straight weeks on Fridays. We talked about that game last week. Oh, that was terrible. Talking about the game last night. It was terrible. I'm proud to say I did not consume it the same way I consumed last week's game. I watched that entire game. Yeah. Uh, I was in and out because I knew this game was going to be bad. But who do you blame? You blame the NFL for having these games, but we also are to blame. If, if the product is bad and you keep consuming it, that's on you. That's on you, the consumer. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I think that... Uh I stayed until the end of last night's game, but I was I was in and out of that game um, in terms of focus all night long. The Russell Wilson thing was different because that was really like, oh my goodness, he really has lost everything. He's lost his mojo. He's lost his mojo. Well, that's because on paper, the Broncos, Colts should should have been a decent game. Yeah, the Bears, Bears, Commanders, 
no. at no point during any part of the season last year or this year did anyone think that was going to be somebody on Twitter pointed out with the Bears switching their uniforms to orange jersey and orange helmets and the commanders wearing what they wear now with their new uniform set mm-hmm. that it looked like Minnesota against Illinois from the Big Ten. That's exactly what it looked Those like. Those two teams play each other. I guarantee it's going to be a better game on Saturday <laughs> than what we saw last night. That's pretty funny. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty pretty yucky stuff. I I think that. And again, it's it's when you look at why we all know why the NFL is doing this. I mean that that is pretty obvious. But I thought we had gotten to the point where teams had learned how to do this successfully and learned how to actually play a reasonable facsimile of of compelling football. But you might have a plan to do it, and the realities of the situation physically just don't allow you to. And now they're they're working in during seasons not just these Thursday night games, but international games. Yeah. Too that they're going to yeah. have to you know you have to practice differently for, schedule differently for all that stuff. It's it's so funny because when we we talk about we talked about the Daniel Snyder investigation and what the league is all about and Thursday night football and what it says, you you inadvertently said it Yesterday, Jared, the league at all costs will always protect itself, but not necessarily its players. Yeah. It will protect the shield, but not necessarily the men behind it. Yeah, it's all about the shield. Yeah, yeah you, you guys point out all the time their motivation for anything is the state of the league and to save themselves. Mm-hmm. They could they could wrap it up in in a package that they're doing trying to do what's best for the players. They're doing you know, but the real reason for anything is yeah. to save themselves or right. promote themselves. That's right. Yeah. So so I would I would I would also say if you were playing a football game on Sunday, if you were Zach Allen or JJ Watt, be real careful how you sack the quarterback because you don't know how long this is going to go. Yeah. That is true. Geno Smith. Smith gets that kind of respect from the officials, too. We know true. this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, if you subscribe to the Bickley and Murata podcast, subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata podcast. It's brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Coming up next, we kick off the 9 o'clock hour of the Friday edition of Bickley and Murata mornings with some social studies. Sarah will take us through it. That is straight ahead here on 98. 7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.